Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by OnCall Capital. OnCall Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. OnCall Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes, you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. And now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. Throughout my journey in finding a Plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which one works for me. Since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow CRNAs to help aid in your search. As always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique, and a Plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make, since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. All right, let's get to it. Without further ado, our rabbit hole is dun-dun-dun, flea market flipping. There are more and more shows out there that focus on turning junk into riches. American Pickers is probably one of the more famous ones, where Mike and Frank drive around the country bartering for items from rural collectors that they turn around and then sell for a profit at their store. They go any and everywhere, digging through people's garages and barns for rusty gold. Maybe you've heard of storage wars, where abandoned storage units are auctioned off. The buyers then get to go through the units, sometimes finding hidden treasure to sell, but sometimes striking out as well. In typical TV fashion, the occasion on which they find absolutely nothing of value is really rare. Finding nothing wouldn't be as much fun, though, would it? Or perhaps you've heard of the show Flea Market Flip on HGTV, where contestants take $500 and they buy, fix, and flip flea market items for profit. Teams battle each other to make the most money in order to win the whole day's pot. It's a fun show that showcases creativity and ingenuity. These shows are really great entertainment, but are these really viable side gigs? Can you just go out and start buying abandoned storage units or scouring through people's old barns? Those two in particular are harder than they look. Storage units are regularly filled with just junk. While you probably don't have time to scour the countryside and knock on the doors of random homes in the hope that they're packed to the gills with goodies. But there's always flea markets, thrift stores, and garage sales, right? Absolutely. Plus, you have Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist if you're more into finding things from your own living room. It's even common to find items from Dollar Tree, Family Dollar, and Dollar General to flip on Amazon and eBay. Not to mention cars, trucks, campers, and the like. The possibilities are truly endless. But let's pump the brakes a bit here. Per usual, not all is what it seems, and we need to go a little further. Here's what you should consider. Number one, do you like finding hidden treasures? When I was in middle school, my mom used to go to garage sales on Saturdays with our neighbor, Ethel. She loved this because Ethel could seemingly spot a deal from a mile away. Of course, that was because Ethel went to garage sales nearly every Saturday morning and because she really loved finding those treasures. She gained experience and was passionate about the hobby. 
If you like doing this already, then moving in the direction of flipping items for profit just makes sense. Number two, you can sell product for profits of 40 to 500% or more, which is an exciting thought. But the real world application is like purchasing an item for $100 and selling it for $200. Yes, the profit is there, but are you taking into account of the time that you put into finding the item, posting it for sale, and then getting it over to the post office to send to someone across the country? In essence, the more time you put into it, the bigger the item you need to sell to justify the effort. Number three, this endeavor takes time, patience, and an eye for a deal. What that means is doing your research on different items that you're interested in selling. Perhaps you find a niche that works. Maybe you can buy dish towels in bulk at two bucks a piece and then turn around and sell them for six bucks online. That can work, but you should know what kinds of products you're actually looking for. You don't want to buy an item for $50 to only sell it later for 55. That hardly seems worth the effort. Number four, do you have storage space of your own? Many resellers need to have extra space to hold their inventory somewhere. If you have extra space in the garage or maybe a workshop out back, then you're in great shape. Otherwise, you may need to consider renting a storage unit. Number five, if you're thinking about flipping cars, keep in mind that many states put a cap on the amount of vehicles you can buy and sell without having a license in car sales. While there may be some shady ways around this, think wholesaling where you put together a contract between two parties only taking a finder's fee. But do you really want to risk fines and scrutiny for this? Number six, if you don't like perusing marketplaces, another unique way to get into this business is through buying wholesale merchandise from liquidation specialists. For example, you can go to a site like directliquidation.com and start bidding on various pallets of merchandise. These pallets have overstock merchandise, closeouts, and unwanted customer returns in various conditions and mixes. Retailers don't want this merchandise taking up room in their warehouses, so they sell it at a discount. Liquidators take this excess stock and sell it directly to online businesses, flea marketers, and the like. Due to the huge range of products, which include electronics, clothing, furniture, appliances, health and beauty products, you can find a niche that works for you and go from there. No, this isn't exactly flea market flipping. These items may be in much better condition than you find at garage sales. Yes, this method may require several thousands of dollars to purchase a pallet, but I thought it still warranted mention here. Number seven, there is a cap to this business model. It's called a side hustle for a reason, guys. You have to put in some hustle. Since there's only so many hours in a day, there's only so much you can actually find and sell. It's not unreasonable to make $15,000 or more per year with 10 to 15 hours per week of effort. Once you get really good, that could turn into fifty dollars or $75,000 or even more. That's not chump change for sure, but have no illusions. You're not going to all of a sudden start making millions with this plan B. Number eight, you will need to be a bit tech savvy. You will need to have shops on eBay, Amazon Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace, and the like. This requires putting systems in place so that you don't feel like you're being pulled in different directions. You may also need to start a blog to drive people to your eBay website or else folks may never even see your products. You might want to be prepared to produce a bit of social media content along the way to actually create that following. So what are the do's and don'ts of flea market flipping? Well, get there early. Deals don't just wait around for you. You've got to be one of the first ones through the doors of the flea market to catch the best items. If you're sticking with the garage sales, that story doesn't change. Bring cash. 
Money talks and BS walks, baby. Many dealers don't deal with checks or credit cards due to bounced checks and credit card fees. Don't be afraid to get dirty. You're not walking into Nordstrom, so don't expect the people and places to be tidy. You'll probably have to dig through some piles of stuff to find those treasures. You may have to be willing to take on something that others won't. And you may have to talk to folks that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily interact with. Look for quality. There are tons of quality household items and furniture at flea markets. Sure, you may have to take the multiple boxes of stuff off of them or even put some elbow grease into taking out scratches or replacing upholstery, but the rewards can be truly amazing. Check for high-quality framing, unique designs and styles, and dirty or dated upholstery. You've seen plenty of DIY shows where they paint and reupholster chairs and benches, so don't be afraid to get in there and make a piece beautiful again. Negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. If you're paying the sticker price on Facebook Marketplace or flea markets, you're just leaving money on the table. More often than not, you're not dealing with set prices here. Have an idea of the expenses you may need to put into a piece, furniture or otherwise, and how much you can sell it for afterwards. That helps you negotiate what's fair for you. Don't get emotional about an item or you'll end up overpaying. Be prepared for some hardcore negotiations and be willing to actually walk away if the deal doesn't work for you. You ought to bring the proper vehicle. You need something to haul these items that you want to purchase. So bring a, a truck or a large van, particularly if you're buying large furniture pieces or equipment. This isn't Amazon, so you can't expect delivery to your doorstep. Don't second guess yourself. If you find something that works, then you'd better pick it up right away. If you walk away because you're just not sure, it's liable to be gone by the time you come back to it. Don't become a hoarder. Just because you have extra space doesn't mean you actually need to fill it. Target items you know about so that you can properly calculate the profit margins or else you'll just end up with a garage full of stuff and an empty wallet. Don't go alone. Two sets of eyes are better than one, and having an extra pair of hands for picking up larger pieces is also extremely helpful. Take a buddy or family member along for the ride. In conclusion, this is an absolutely viable way to make extra income on the side so long as you're willing to put in the time to learn and do the necessary digging. Like many side hustles, the income stops just as soon as your hustle does, so you might want to take some of those profits and put them into passive income-producing assets along the way. For more information, check out these additional resources in the show notes. First one is fleamarketflipper.com. It's the ultimate resource for folks who want to look into this pursuit. From free courses to blog posts and videos, this site has it all. They also have a few books and guides for purchase. Flippingincome.com. This is another great website with many blog posts and ideas for flipping. And I mentioned directliquidation.com earlier in the episode, and I wanted to come back to them. This is the best resource for information on liquidation pallets, but it is far from the only one out there. If you're truly interested in more information about this tactic, a Google search is likely in order for you to narrow down your focus even more. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you found value today, make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. We also want to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, or rabbit hole topic that you'd like me to cover in an upcoming podcast, make sure you rate and review on your podcast player. I check those all the time and cover those questions in future episodes. If you'd like to know more about me, make sure to find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram, or visit my website at www.oncallinvestments.com. Until next time, this is Bobby Jones signing off. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. 
If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They are dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.